Success, contentment, and happiness in life are not preordained, but rather are determined by the choices we make. Howdy, everybody. This is Dr. Lynn Phillips with Osteopaths on Air, a podcast sponsored by the Oklahoma Osteopathic Association. This is episode number three entitled, The Life Choices of Andrew Taylor Still, the father of osteopathic medicine. You know, some of the most monumental decisions a person makes in life are the career he chooses, who he chooses to marry, whether or not to have children, a commitment to spirituality, and politics. The choices we make determine our happiness or unhappiness and how smooth the road of life will be. In this episode, I'd like to tell you about A.T. Still's choices and the end result for his journey through life. To begin with, we need to ask the question, when did A.T. Still decide to study medicine? Well, in reality... Unconsciously, his study began as a child. For you see, even as a young boy, A.T. was fascinated by anatomy. He spent a great deal of time hunting and bringing home deer, wild turkey, and other fare for the family table. But the game animals made contributions that were to last long after they were consumed. Knowledge and skill were being accumulated, for a doctor in the making. Of his practical laboratory of biology, A.T. Still stated in his autobiography, I suppose before I had ever studied anatomy from books, I had almost perfected the knowledge from the great book of nature. The skin in a game brought me into contact with muscles, nerves, and veins. The bones were always a study to me long before I learned the hard names given to them by the scientific world. When young Andrew decided to officially begin his study of medicine, like anyone wanting to become a doctor in the mid-1800s, there were two choices available. First, to attend one of the few medical schools that existed at the time, many of which were no more than mere diploma mills, or secondly, and the more common practice, was to do on-the-job training, that is, to serve an apprenticeship with a practicing doctor. A.T. Still did both. He attended the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Kansas City and became licensed as an M.D. in the state of Missouri. However, A.T. still stated the majority of his medical education came at the hand of his father as he worked alongside him. Traveling horseback or bouncing down rutted roads, A.T. accompanied his father many late nights and many hot, dusty days to care for their ailing patients that were scattered about the countryside. And by so doing, he learned hands-on medicine in a practical way. Shortly after starting his practice, A.T. married Mary Vaughn, and together they began to propagate the next generation of the Still family. And life looked grand for he and his burgeoning young family, 
or so it seemed. That is, until his personal politics got in the way of life. For the entirety of his life, A.T. Still was never one to shy away from controversy. It was well known that A.T. was a fervent advocate of individual freedom, As a devout Christian, he favored women's suffrage, and his support for the struggle against slavery made him a target of pro-slavery advocates in the strife-torn border state of Kansas. He had befriended the anti-slavery activist John Brown, and with Brown's encouragement, Dr. Still became embroiled in the free state anti-slavery movements. There was a group of pro-slavery ruffians from Missouri, later to be known as Red Legs, because of the red leggings they wore. And this particular group was intent on imposing their will of making Kansas a slavery state. They took it upon themselves to make nightly raids, crossing over from Missouri into Kansas to harass key free state advocates. Now, because Dr. Still's prominence in the Free State Movement and his association with John Brown, he and his family were targeted by the group with threats of destruction of property, impugning of his reputation, and threats of physical harm to he and his family were made. Now, when Dr. Still failed to bend to such threats, the ruffians changed tactics physical altercations ensued. But, again, young Dr. Still was not to be intimidated. Rather, in response, he decided to fight back, but not with physical violence, but instead to fight back via the ballot box. He went into politics. At the age of 29, A.T. Steele was elected by the Free State Party to the Kansas Legislature with his sole intent of having Kansas admitted to the Union as a free state, which is a goal he helped to achieve when, in 1861, Kansas was admitted to the Union as a free state. Well, again, the path to the future for A.T. Still seemed to be on a prosperous and carefree path. That is, until tragedy struck with a vengeance. Despite his best efforts, Dr. Still was helpless to help his family. Although he used all the medical treatment available at the time, he was unable to save the life of his wife, who he watched die in childbirth as well as the agonizing death of two of his children. Unfortunately, this was the first of a series of tragic events that would cause A.T. Still to question his self-worth and the practice of medicine as it was being practiced throughout America. As a result of these tragic events, A.T. Still began an introspective analysis of the practice of medicine, and the end result was the planting of another seed for the development of osteopathic medicine. This is Dr. Lynn Phillips inviting you to join us next time for Episode 4, 
entitled, The Horrors of the Civil War, a part of the life and times of Andrew Taylor Still, the father of osteopathic medicine, on the Oklahoma Osteopathic Association's podcast, Osteopaths on Air.